0: Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, what do you do when you find out your friend's house, the one you're about to spend the night in, is very, very, very haunted.
1: Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your Real Ghost Story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to... The world of the unknown, and quite possibly, the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online.
0: That indeed it is. Welcome to the program, 855 853 4802. You can call it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and share your real ghost stories with us. Of course, you can also write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. And even better, if you want access to all of our advanced episodes, the archive of episodes, our bonus episode archive, all of it ad-free, check out our premium subscription option for you there on Apple Podcasts. You can do it for three days free. On Apple Podcasts. If you're not on Apple Podcasts, you can uh, go and check it out at patreon.com slash real ghost stories or on our website at ghostpodcast.com. You become an extra podcast person, get access to all of the bonus episodes. Like I said, everything's commercial free, advanced stuff. It's all there for you to binge away on. Tony and Carol Hughes with you on today's episode of the program. What's going on?
1: Hey, Tony.
0: Hey, Carol.
1: This is really weird because you and I normally record at night. We're recording during the day.
0: It's so the it's new just a whole
1: different atmosphere here.
0: It is. It's bright. It's sunny. There's nothing creepy about my uh, office at all right now, but it's, and it's, it's, it's the funny new norm. Because
1: normally when we record, I have to go, because I'm weird like this, but a lot of people are weird like this. Like I have to make sure all of my curtains are shut so nobody uh-huh. can peek in or anything like that.
0: Are they shut right now? We're...
1: No, that's what's crazy.
0: So people can peek in during the day.
1: And, and... that's Okay.
0: It's okay Although, during I the guess day. That would
1: scare, I guess that would scare the shit out of me.
0: It would but be I weird. Think it's,
1: it's something about the idea of people watching me and I can't see them mm-hmm. is creepy.
0: So kind of like a webcam <laughs> would, be, would be creepy to I you do, too? Yeah, kind of like Because people could watch you and you couldn't see them. That would be kind of creepy. Yeah. yeah. And
1: I don't have a webcam, so.
0: Well, there you go. Yeah. Then nobody can okay. hack in and, and just start watching you. That would be yeah. That would be creepy. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is our phone number. I see our first story here actually comes out of your state in uh, El. It's El Dorado. They say it there, right?
1: Eldorado El Dorado. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, El Dorado. Other, other places. places
1: would. Yeah, other places would say El Dorado. We don't
0: in which in Wisconsin we had El Dorado too. We didn't say El Dorado. We said it
1: And you know, here we yeah. have Salina versus Selena.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's and El
1: Dorado versus El Dorado.
0: Nope. And the river is the, Yeah,
1: this one's from El Dorado.
0: El Dorado, Kansas. About sixteen years ago, a friend of mine claimed he used to live in a haunted house that his mom still owned, which Manty still had the key. This house sits one block south of the old middle school. One could one cold fall night there was about seven of us hanging out when the subject of Elsie came up not knowing who Elsie was I made the mistake of asking one of our other friends explained to me that Elsie was a ghost that haunted this house that my friend used to live in she was normal pretty quiet unless you made her mad by cursing or asking her questions if you upset her she'd throw things across the room and sounds would come from the other parts of the house Well, this got me excited especially when someone said let's go see her A friend that used to live there didn't like this idea because he was scared of her from years of living in the house and experiencing things she did. He said that he used to have a blanket hanging over a window to block out the sun. One night he woke up to see the form of a figure on the other side of the blanket. Picture the scene from The Conjuring when the mom is hanging sheets on the clothesline and you can see the outline of the figure. By this time I'm ready to go over and see what all this is about and we finally talk him into going over to the house. We walked in, turned on the light in the entryway, and there were random things around the family and living room, stuff they had left behind, tables, boxes, things like that. As soon as the door closed, I had this feeling as if someone was standing across the room staring at us from the pitch-black kitchen. I didn't mention my feelings to anyone else. I just played it off like nothing was wrong with me. At that time, someone asked, What do we do? Before I knew it, one of my friends called out her name, said a couple of curse words, and we all kind of laughed and waited, but nothing happened. I said, let's go upstairs. Show me where your room is. We all walked upstairs in the dark. And They were walking down the hallway. The door next to me slammed shut. We all panicked until I looked down and noticed that there was an electrical cord that ran under the door. As one of the girls walked towards it, it must have got caught on her foot, creating a tension and pulling the door shut. We kind of looked at the place. As a bust thinking our friends were just trying to scare us and headed back downstairs. Well, about the time that we got back down the stairs, a couple of our other friends came busting through the back door and startled us, which was their intention. We all had a good laugh, and at about that time, someone said, Yeah, we knew you wouldn't do anything to us, you bitch. Right at that moment of that being said, the two doors upstairs slammed shut seconds apart, But from opposite sides of the house, something sounded like it was running down the stairs towards us. I was facing the stairs and there was nothing there. I could hear feet hit the bottom step. A split second later, an object was tossed off the mantle no more than ten feet from us, landing on the other side of the room. The laughing was over as we all stared at each other. I felt like I couldn't get out of the house quick enough. I was the last one out the door, and I know for a fact that I did not close that front door behind me. When we were standing on the curb, shaken from what just happened, I looked up, and the door was shut tightly. When I asked, who closed the door, the light in the entryway shut off. We ran to our vehicles, got out of there, meeting back up. No one would say anything about it. You could tell we were all pretty shaken. I still will not drive by this house daytime or night. It doesn't matter. From time to time, one of us will bring it up and we'll laugh at how the other reacted. But deep down, I think we cover our feelings of being scared with that laughter. I would agree. I think, you know, that's it's a defense mechanism, laughter. To, oh, yeah. To kind of put something that was somewhat traumatic away or to try and, and work through it.
1: Well, and I think there's another lesson to be learned in this one. Yeah. Don't go calling this spirit bitch. Like, I think that was just taunting. Like Elsie could have been really nice person, and then when they said "bitch," it's like whatever yeah. that was. Show us what you got, bitch, or something like that. And then I was like, "I'll show you what I got." I just think that's not, you know, be. I, I don't know. Like, you know me, I don't ever want to go in haunted places anyway. But like, if you're gonna do that and explore something, and then you're taunting it like that in a real mean way, mm-hmm. I just don't think anything good comes from that.
0: Uh, I agree. I uh, I think that sometimes that's, I mean, some people use it as a tactic to try and communicate, but keep in mind, you got to think of these ghosts sometimes as people. If you started yelling and cursing at somebody, do you, you know, are you going to get the type of reaction you want? Or are you going to get somebody that's kind of defensive and maybe you'll get some action, but is it, is it the type of action that you want? And what if it's not a person <laughs> What if it's something much darker or it's a person that you're you don't really realize who it is and it turns out to be somebody uh you don't want to be taunting
1: like yeah. that. And obviously Elsie don't go for that shit.
0: Elsie ain't having none of that up in no. here. Up in here. Just anybody named Elsie, you know, you just you can't mess with them. I have a cow. Well, and that's
1: interesting too, because that house would only be maybe thirty minutes from where I live. Now I want to figure out where it is. Go
0: out there, find Elsie. I have a, I'll just I,
1: be walking around at night. Elsie.
0: I have a cow named Elsie. Elsie. I go out in my backyard and I actually shout that sometimes because I have a cow named Elsie.
1: You
0: do. She comes over. She looks like the uh the boredom milk cow uh or butter. It, it, she's just happy, got the two little horns, and uh just the nice she thinks she's a dog. She and often your dog times.
1: thinks he's a cow.
0: It's great. They kind of we- have this confusion going on, but it works. <laughs>
1: so like they adore each other. It's really cute.
0: They do. They do. They lay down to, next to each other. They watch out for each other. They're they're good buddies. In fact, because um, I mentioned this on the air before that I'm, I'm going to be moving. Um, so people are, what's going to happen with the animals? Well, the dogs, you know, the, the dogs in the house are, are coming with us. But I have, I, this kind of weird. Uh, when you sell a home, sometimes there's things you write in there and convey that they go with the home that otherwise may not. So I have put in there. The cows and the dog outside go along with the home. If someone would like, they don't have to, but they they can come along. And I hope whoever gets this wants that because it's a little farm, and a lot of people just it's it's turnkey. You get your two cows there that are already like friendly, and you get the night. Then they don't have to move and don't have to have that uh, that change. But if I and need to really find sweet. a home... sweet
1: like because you know, uh, Morgan, your dog is really really attached to those cows. Yeah, and I like to like, try and move them all He together. loves, you know, and it's a breed that wants to be outside and protect animals like, what is it, Great Pir- Park, Great Pyrenees. Yeah. And they like to protect the other animals mm-hmm. from the more dangerous ones, you know, like coyotes or fox or something. Yeah. So they'll be out there protecting them. That's their job.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's really sweet. Yeah. They have a really sweet
0: friendship. It would be very bizarre, though, if I put them in the city uh in like a like a half acre backyard and it's just like (laughs) um there's nothing in the HOA I saw that said anything about having dairy cows in your backyard so I decided to have one
1: hope you don't mind hope
0: you don't mind everybody (laughs) and then that's how you get those clauses in HOA things where it's like wow somebody did this once and that's why it's in there now but if you're the first to do it they they couldn't have told you no so anyone else going forward won't be able to have cows, but I'll just, you know, pack the two of them in the backyard. <laughs> so who knows? Uh, let's go to the story. And if you want to write yours, and you can do it at realghoststoriesonline.com or call toll-free 855-853-4802. He says, I moved into this house with my wife and two kids here in San Antonio, Texas. My wife was away at work. The kids were in school and I had the day off. So I was bored and had been watching reruns of Ghost Hunters. I got an iPhone and thought, let me try this out and see if maybe I can catch something here. I hit the voice memo on the recorder and decided to start with, is there any entity in this house? Gave it a few seconds and then asked, do you like us being here? I waited then asked, if you're here, what's your name? At that point, about 30 seconds or so passed, and I stopped and played it back. To my surprise, I got a response back. As soon as I started the tape, I heard a weird noise in the background that wasn't there when I started. When I asked for its name, all I heard was, Get out. I know that sounds so cliche, but it really did say that. I just felt goosebumps go up my arm. But that was all the response I got that day. But with that happening, I wanted more. So I told my wife about the recordings and she told me to stop messing around with stuff. That I didn't understand. I still didn't listen. But the one that really sent shivers up my spine was when my brother-in-law came to visit. It was about nine o'clock and we decided to try another recording. My wife was gone because she hated me doing this kind of stuff. And she's very superstitious. So with her and the kids gone, me and my brother-in-law there, we started the iPhone recording my brother was trying to provoke it and said some words that I can't really type on this family show. But one thing was, did you die here? And if you show yourself, you scared piece of shit and you just a bleep bleep for nothing. You can only talk into the phone. Do something right now. Knock three times or move something. I told him to stop. I was starting to feel uneasy and waited for a few seconds then played it back. When he asked, "Did you die here?" You can hear in the background, "Look what they did to me." Jesus, it still gives me goosebumps while I'm typing this. We started yelling, like, "Whoa! Did you did you hear that?" I told him to be quiet, and we continued to listen. When we got to the part where he called out the ghost by calling it a piece of shit, you can hear a little girl laughing in the background. And when stopped, when she stopped to hear someone talk. It sounds like a man, but it sounds weird, like if he's talking backwards. We couldn't understand him. It sounded evil to me. Then all you hear is a tingling music sound in the background, like a music box. I can't explain it. After that, I showed my wife the recordings, and she got very upset and told me to cut it out because I'm starting to piss off the beings that are here. We ended up moving out of that house in 2013, not because of the activity there, just financial problems. Well, that's my story. Just like to say I enjoy your show and hope to catch more EVPs and send them to your show. Thank you. Another story of taunting the dead.
1: Exactly. But then it sounds like it didn't escalate into anything. Yeah. Outside of just hearing the voices on the recording. Thankfully. Yeah.
0: But I think but they then were the
1: like, wife coming in as the voice of reason. Yeah. Thank God for her.
0: Yeah. Again, it's the voices that they're hearing. I mean, it, you don't know what you're messing with. You don't know what you're getting, and not something to, you know, it, it's not something to to just play around with for the hell of it. Have intention if you're going to do it, and and
1: they were, and that's what they were doing,
0: and, and have have a purpose and have, uh, you know, some some rules essentially to to work by, because anything and everything a free for all. That's where you get things that go off the rails pretty quick.
1: Cause I also can see how if someone tried that, like I'm going to see if I get anything and you do, yeah, I totally see how it's like, then the brother-in-law comes over. It's like, let's check this out.
0: Oh, It's addictive. That's, yeah. Yeah.
1: And then it becomes like kind of a compulsion in, you know, what are you doing with all this? Like you keep asking, you know, are you there and trying to communicate? At some point I think the communication might get to where you really don't want it.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's why I only use Ouija boards in outbuildings. I don't use them in the <laughs> house. I know that was a recording, <laughs> the device that they used, but yeah. You only oh. use them in, in, in places that are not your home and uh Thank other God buildings.
1: You've got a barn and well,
0: exactly. And sometimes
1: buildings. Sometimes you
0: just you know, you go to an Airbnb and do it in that house. <laughs> Actually that's something <laughs> I would be very um. I guess I'd be a little concerned with, um, especially if you're doing an Airbnb and it's like an older place. Um, I would imagine you're going to get people that are going to go in there and do that sort of thing. Like I spe- like so the-
1: then do you have to write that into your agreement? Well, like yeah. no seances or Ouija board sessions at my house? You know, I
0: suppose you can, but isn't that almost like an invite though at the same point where it's like, whoa, they said no Ouija boards. How are they ever going to know? You know, then they do a Ouija board. I would. I mean, I the last place I stayed in Kansas City was this old loft that was a really neat building. Um, it was uh, just old and you know probably hundred some years old. God knows what you know it all had been over the years. But yeah, I mean, if you're a Ouija board using individual, I think that would have been a great place to kind of get a little more info on what what's going on there, or try to communicate with something there, because I would imagine there was um, we. Did we have some? There, I think a few times some people heard some noises. But again, it's an old building. So, I mean, it could have really been anything. But um, you kind of felt it there. But it wasn't... It, it felt warm. It felt good.
1: And I definitely see how people would rent houses in places like that or stay in yeah. hotels just for that reason. Well, there's a like lot to, of... They're yeah. going to do the Ouija board
0: shit. There's a lot of haunted hotels that will say, yeah, you can stay here, but you can't, no Ouija boards are allowed. Um, there's a lot of haunted locations that people, you know, rent out uh, police, places that they bought specifically because they're haunted. And now it's used for paranormal research um, that some will say, you know, you can use all your other equipment, but no Ouija boards, no seances, this or that. But a lot of it is kind of the honor system. And not everybody follows the honor system. So, like, what?
1: Are you sure? What? Not everybody follows the honors. Yeah,
0: unfortunately, <laughs> it's not that tested or effective of a a way of uh, communicating something of your wishes.
1: No, it's just like a little kid. So if you write, you're right. If you write that into the contract and say no Ouija boards, that's when they're going to go buy one if yeah. they don't have one. First thing,
0: it. they're stopping yeah. at the uh, at the Toys R Us if they're in Canada, where they still exist, and getting a uh, a Ouija board. but um, Ghost Kitty is our next story. It says our hometown, our townhome, was built in the 70s. Several families have lived in the house before us when we moved in. I noticed uh, staining about a foot above the floor on the walls of the master bedroom. We painted the walls not long after moving in. My husband and I felt the sensation of a cat then jumping on the bed and slowly... Moving up the bed, we have cats, but this cat wasn't visible and you could not feel anything such as fur or a body. We started talking to it when we felt that familiar jump on the bed. During the 16 years we've lived in the house, ghost kitty still jumps on the bed and we still talk to it. We have live kitties that live in the house as well and they also sleep on the bed, but they do not seem to be afraid or care that another kitty shares the bed with them. We do not have any information about this cat when it lived or its name. The cat is friendly and we do not fear it. Uh, yeah, There's, I think there's a lot of ghost pets in different places.
1: I think that's so fascinating because we've had lots of stories. In fact, you've had story of a cat you had that jumped on your bed after yep. it was gone. And I just think stories like that are so interesting. Sure. And I kind of thought after, because I, lo- I lost a cat, then I lost my dog, and I haven't had anything like that. Although the bed I have, if even when my actual cats jump up on it, I don't always feel it. Mm-hmm. In some older beds it's real obvious. But it's just a very distinct feeling when your pet jumps on the bed. Yeah. You know what that is. You know it's your cat. And especially since they have cats and they feel that on the bed and then there's no cat there.
0: It is a very distinct feeling. I had it for so many years and I just kept writing it off. I don't know, with me and always thinking ghostly things, I I guess there was was a lot of me that, you know, I guess never thought I would have anything happen. So I wrote a lot of it off as just like, well, that's, you know, whatever, muscle memory. Because another thing I had, it's interesting when you, are especially from childhood, the routines that you get into, I think those are some of the most imprinted things on your brain that will always be there. And there, there's two of them for me in the morning or in my bedroom, rather, my, in my parents' house that are still manifest themselves to this day. Uh, one, the cat on the edge of the bed, feeling like there's a cat that's jumping up. Um, I still have that sometimes when I stayed there and would think nothing of it until started doing the show. The other, and I do not think this is paranormal, but it's just muscle memory or, or it's not really a muscle, it's your brain. Every single day, my dad going to work in the morning, you could hear his truck come out of the garage. And then we had a gravel driveway and you hear the, you know, the crunch of the gravel underneath the tires and he backs up and then he puts it uh, into drive and then, you know, gets it up the driveway, but there's a process to it. And I remember when I moved out at 18, I would still wake up every morning at about six 30 and hear that sound. Even though my eyes oh, were shut and I was not in that house but my mind would still, I would, I, I'd I be slanted with my eyes shut and I'd still be thinking I was in that house and hearing that. And to this day, sometimes I still, especially if you're coming out of a dream that maybe is taking place in a different time, like if you're dreaming like you're back in high school or something, I will be laying there. And when your mind's out of it, I've had that not that long ago, honestly. I think in the last two, two or three months where I thought I heard, oh, dad's going off, going to work. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a second, I'm 40. <laughs> and I live in Arkansas with my daughter. And yeah, I, I
1: should not be hearing this. And
0: I haven't been in that house for 22 years uh, hearing that. But it's interesting how your mind will place some things like that back to you. And it wasn't traumatic or anything like that. It was just imprinted. It was just there for so long that it it didn't go away. And, and
1: it, that, that kind of makes me wonder, like, are there more things like that that we attribute to something that's paranormal where it's just like our mind having a, our brain having a little glitch in it? Yeah, I would think
0: there would be. Yeah. Not everything, but I think no, there's times. No,
1: no, no, no. But maybe there's some things.
0: Yeah, I mean, that would not be surprising at all. But no, it's interesting. it's interesting. I, I It's always dreams are so fascinating to me because... I can be in a completely different world in those dreams and pop out. And it takes me a moment to like get grounded and remember who I am.
1: Yeah. Sometimes those dreams, it's like, what, where am I? What am I? Who, where, you know, it's just this total confusion when you wake up.
0: I've had moments where I'm like, where, you know, usually my, my eyes are still shut, but it's like, Oh, wait a second because you were you're, you're so identifying with that dream that you're having but that dream is like not remotely you or it's like a completely different setting different people but I I do think I have dreams that are continual where it's it's like serialized where I go back and revisit some of these people in some of these places because I'll be in a dream going oh I remember, I remember that's down that road over there and these are places that don't exist they're just in my dreams but I go to them I visit them I have relationships with people in these dreams. Uh, and I'm not talking sexual. Mm. I'm just I'm just saying, you know, they're interpersonal relationships where they're people. Um, I'm not talking sex at all. I'm just, you know, and it's...
1: Like reincarnation dreams, like people but that are
0: new. But they're not in, in a historical setting either. It's it's just like current day. But it's like a different... I don't know. It's, it's like if there was a, a different me out there somewhere. And I mean, I've had times where I wake up and I'm like, okay, where am I? Am I married? Do I have kids? It all comes back, but it's fucking weird. And I guess, I mean, that'd be the only way I can kind of understand um, dementia, if you will, a little bit, because I wonder if dementia is a lot of that, where your brain's not quite clicking back over as fast as it should be. You know, in a dream, you kind of, you go from that, but when you're, suffering from dementia is it kind of doing that where it's clicking over in this, you know, fantasy dream world. And it's taking longer for it uh, to get mm-hmm. back into gear over yeah. here in reality. I don't know. It's just, it's trying to, I'm finding it interesting, try to find perspectives and understand what others are going through. And I think that's kind of the only way that I kind of do that one. Uh, let's go to a caller. 855-853-4802. Hi.
2: Hi, my name is Heidi, and I absolutely love you. You crack me up. I just found your podcast, and I never thought that I could listen to true crime or ghost stories and laugh. And, oh, my God, do I laugh. Um, So my story, I was pregnant. I was 19 years old and, of course, young and dumb and um, I was about eight months pregnant, and I'm in my grandfather's house, and one of my girlfriends calls, and I answer the phone, and I can't hear her, so I turn the TV off, and as I turn the TV off, I could see in the reflection of the TV that there was a man sitting behind me on the couch. I look over my shoulder. There's nobody there. I turned the lamp beside me off and then on again, and he was still sitting there in the reflection, but he was not on the couch. Um, Kind of freaked out, but, you know, I thought, okay, just seeing shit, crazy, pregnant at 19, losing my shit, didn't think really much about it. A couple days later, um, I go to get into my car and it's nighttime, and, you know, this is back in the 90s, like 200 years ago, where you don't have the keyless remote, Um, you have to actually put your key in the door, so I'm putting my key in my car, and I can see in my glass window, reflection, that man is standing behind me, and he's standing very close to me, and I turn around over my shoulder, scared to death, and nothing there I look far window he's still there I hurry up I get the hell in my car and I get out of there now backtrack a little bit the first time I saw him on the couch it did not scare me at all it was extremely interesting to me I was like what the hell but when he was standing so close to me behind me on the street outside of the house that scared me The next day, I went to my mom, and I sounded crazy, I'm sure, and I was telling her all about it, and I was describing this man perfectly. Um, Light blue button-up shirt, dark blue pants. He almost looked like, back in the day, um, the gas station attendants that pumped your gas for you. You know, but so now your lazy ass has to get out the farm and pump your gas yourself. So if you remember back in the day, you know, again, 200 years ago. Anyways, so I'm telling my mom about this, and I noticed the color from my mom's face started to drain. And she just left me standing there, ran up the stairs, came back down the stairs, and she handed me a laminated newspaper clipping of a man in a coffin, and it was him. And he was in his prison blues. I'm going to cry. He was in the same clothes that I saw him in. It was my mom's brother, who I had never been told about because my family was ashamed. He was in prison for robbing a bank, an unarmed robbery. And he had seven days to be released, and he hung himself. Fast forward it to March 15th of this year, March 15th, 2020. My son that I was carrying the day that I saw my uncle, he took his own life the same way. He hung himself. And I don't know, I'd love to hear trying not to cry. I'd love to hear your opinion or anybody's opinion on this story. It's all true. It's not crazy. Anyways, um, I love your show, and I love you. You make me laugh, and obviously right now I need it. (laughs) I need to laugh. So I hope you enjoy the story. Thank you.
0: Thank you for professing your love to me. I do appreciate that. (laughs)
2: <laughs> More than once.
0: More than once. Uh you know seriously, I, I appreciate uh, you know, your your story and, and all those kind of words. Um but yeah, that's that's yeah. It, to- that
1: story took a big turn that I was not expecting. No. Like, no, not when it came to her own child. And it's like it's very interesting how she kept seeing someone next to her mm-hmm. and Sounds like it was her uncle. You know, it does. Super creepy, and it's interesting that, like, it wasn't just in one place. You know, like she went to her car and saw the reflection there, and in the TV. You know, I think that's interesting. A lot of times, it's you know connected to one place. So obviously, that's connected to her, and.
0: Yeah, the the idea of seeing the the figure in the TV is so creepy to me. It's so creepy, especially older TVs. You know, the old tube TVs and all that, because it's just I don't know. Like there, there's something, yeah, or or like through the the fall or the the white noise. If you know, people remember that, but yeah, the idea. The TVs, um, TVs used to make a weird noise too, like a very high pitched sound. Like you could. You would know if you could pick up on that frequency if there was a TV on in a house, even if it was volume was down. And I remember being in places where it's like, it sounds like there's a TV on, but there's no TV. Like, what the hell is that? It was, if I get that sometimes now and it's weird, it's like nobody has TVs like that anymore.
1: Well, and when I was a kid and I lived in that haunted house, we had, um, I'd go to bed and then I could hear the TV. Yeah. And like the TV was on, but the TV was off. Because back then there wasn't even a remote. You had to physically go turn the TV off. And so all like that was way back. You know, you had three or four stations. Everybody signed off at midnight. It wasn't 24 hour programming, which seems really weird these days.
0: Yeah, just the idea. They play the national anthem and then they go off the air. Yep.
1: So they play the national anthem. And then right after the national anthem anthem, it would go. Yep. I would hear that. Like I'd wake up, you know, because I'd probably go to bed nine or 10 at night. I was a kid. I'd wake up, I'd hear the TV on, and then I'd hear the national anthem come on, and then I'd hear Yeah. And we only had one TV, and that was downstairs, so I shouldn't have really been able to hear all that anyway.
0: But you were picking it up.
1: Yeah. It's just
0: weird. Creepy story. That's
1: just such a sad, that's a sad story. And, you know, I don't know that the two... Are necessarily connected in a dark paranormal way but maybe in a genetic way in that sometimes people you hear stories about families with um, people taking their lives and it kind of seems like it's happened the generation before the generation before and I just wonder if you know there's a darkness like you know, a depression maybe or something that can,
0: Yeah. Well, genetically, I think, yeah, you're going to be predisposed to that just because if you have that in your family, it's likely to be somewhat that's going to be an issue for you too. Um, it's a matter of... I don't
1: of that. want to... After listening to this story, I don't like the idea of those two being connected. It just seems... That makes me... I don't know. Because like the... The uncle being in jail and then doing it before he got out of jail. It's just, it's just either way, they're not good scenarios, but it's just tortured. And that just makes me so sad. Yeah. And then for her to have to live through this,
0: yeah.
1: you know, as a parent, I don't know how you do that.
0: I, don't I just either. don't. I don't, I, I, I can't contemplate it. Thank you for sharing uh, those experiences with us today uh, here on the program. That's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show and you want access to more of it, how about all the commercial-free, all the advanced episodes, the full archive, world's largest audio archive of ghost stories, plus our archive of bonus episodes. You get all of those as well when you become an extra podcast person. Sign up to be a premium subscriber on Apple Podcasts. Even try it for three days free right now. If you're not there, patreon.com slash Stories. Our website, ghostpodcast.com. Until next time, for Carol and Tony, thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.